When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey there. Before you start listening, please make sure to subscribe to this podcast. This episode contains language and content of an explicit nature. Listener discretion is advised. Before a song is released, a record is produced, or a chorus is written, the musicians that write them think a lot. They live a lot, and they feel a lot. Before the chorus dives into the stories and experiences that shape these artists and, ultimately, the music we hear. I'm your host, Sophia Lopercaro, and this episode's guest is Black Honey. Our normal isn't other people's. And, like, they can look vastly different. Like, your normal and my normal will look vastly different. And both of those will look vastly different from, like, the average person that school and systems of society are designed for. Hey everyone, welcome back for the second episode of 2024. I feel like I've officially hit the ground running again, and it feels really, really good. I I don't know, I like being busy again you know it's it's always great to have those kind of like quieter times in the holidays and I guess the sort of like early to mid-January slog although I'd say for the last few weeks I've really been craving being out and about again being connected to the music community here in Los Angeles and I'm happy to report that I have very much been back at it um I should also actually add, I went to Nashville last weekend, which was really fantastic. Um, I It was freezing. Uh, as you may or may not have heard, Nashville for, I think, at least a week had like a lot of snow, a lot of ice. It was like, I think at its coldest, it was like in the 20s Fahrenheit. It was like around like negative... 19 negative 15 at times celsius if if you're a celsius person like myself because i'm canadian not important but anyway the important key thing here is that it was freezing but again i'm canadian so i was able to kind of figure that part out i dressed warmly i waddled along the ice so i didn't slip and i ended up making a great time out of it i went to grimy's which is a really great local um record shop in East Nashville. If you're ever there, I think it's a pretty important stop to make. And also people in Nashville are super conversational and friendly. I guess it's just a very like Southern US thing. I lived in Texas for a while and it's very much like that there too. But what made that, well, the nice thing about that is that I was traveling by myself and I didn't know a lot of East Nashville. I knew I wanted to go and check it out because it's kind of more where like the local creatives hang out. But Getting to have people just be willing to engage in conversation and give me all these suggestions of places to go was really great. So I just had lots of fascinating conversations with people. There's this one couple I met at a restaurant I went to who are local musicians and 
they ended up after dinner taking me to this really cool local dive bar where there was some like young up and coming bands playing. They were playing like honky tonk, like old style country, um, despite being like young emerging artists, which was awesome. Like I couldn't have asked for a better like final night in Nashville. You know, I think it was the only live music that I got to see there just because of the weather and just, you know, trying to make do with with the situation. But it was perfect. Like it was so, I don't know. I guess the takeaway here is, especially in a place like Nashville where people are pretty friendly, just talk to new people. Um, and you never know who you're going to meet. You never know what you might discover, what someone might suggest to you. It's, it's well worth it. So yeah, wholesome, wholesome weekend. But again, while I had a lovely time, I'm also super happy again to be back in LA back to going to local shows, which I'm just so happy about. Been going to lots of really great jam nights at New School Jams, who I always make sure to shout out because I've become quite the regular there. I'm back at my line dancing night. Uh, The first one back definitely kicked my ass um, because I have not had a workout like that since about a month. It's been a lot of indulging and and being lethargic over over the holidays and over travels. So it felt good to be back in a space where I was dancing with my friends and being in this wonderful, yeah, community of people finding joy in, in dance and country music and in community and and all the good stuff. Oh, I think this is an important shout out, but last Monday I went to school night, which I've been to before. I've talked about it. It's a great local um, night to check out up and coming touring bands coming through Los Angeles. And my friend's band Night Talks played and they absolutely crushed it. I am so proud of them. You know, like when you get to see one of your friends' bands or friends, frankly, doing anything, succeeding and having like a milestone moment and absolutely knocking it out of the fucking park, you kind of get this like proud mom moment or proud dad or proud parent, regardless, I guess, considering whatever your gender identity is. But it felt so good. And they're just such a fun band. If you are looking for something that feels a little bit like Blondie, that is just high octane, vibrant, fun, Night Talks are your band. I I see great things coming up for them. Actually, I included them on my artist to watch this year. So get on that as soon as you possibly can. I've also found myself over the last week having more and more conversations about neurodivergence. I mean, if you've been listening to this podcast over the last couple months, you've heard me talk about it a lot. I also did uh, the previous episodes, the one before this one with Campbell from Vacations, and we talked a lot about obsessive compulsive disorder. And it's felt really, really good as a person who is neurodivergent for me to get to engage with that, talk about the intersection between neurodivergence and music and finding community with other neurodivergent music fans. And I think that's a perfect place to come in and talk about this week's guest, which is Black Honey, mainly because Izzy, the front person of Black Honey, is also neurodivergent and really touched on that a lot in this record. Um, And it was another really great conversation. It was a lot about recognizing for one like there's a lot of songs about embracing where you're at even when things are difficult and not forcing yourself to be anything other than 
okay rather than feeling like you have to put this big smile on for people and fake being okay um they talk about that a lot on the record a fistful of peaches and it comes back again on their latest single lemonade so we kind of kind of paralleled the two there's also a really cool element of sort of speaking to one's younger self and being like hey i know we didn't really have the language to express what was going on back then but we shouldn't, you know, hate ourselves for how we were or maybe how people saw us because they didn't understand, you know, the way that we were behaving. Maybe, you know, some of us act out when, you know, when we're kids and we don't know how to express how we're feeling um, or struggling to connect with other things. And last but not least, I think one of my favorite things about this record is it really celebrates people are diff- that are different and gives an opportunity for those people. I've used the word community a lot in the last few sentences, but yeah, to find community with others that are outside of the norm, whether that be someone who's neurodivergent or queer or just considered an oddball in some other way, just someone who doesn't fit the mold in some capacity and has always felt like they stick out like a sore thumb. This is about it's a sort of siren call to all of those people to be like, hey, we can be here together and celebrate our difference together and and give each other the, you know, beautiful acceptance that maybe we didn't always get. So it was just a really wholesome conversation. And I love those ones that kind of come in. Like I, I kind of came into Black Honey's music a little bit later. I think actually, frankly, through this interview, I'd heard the name, but this kind of really gave me the opportunity to explore their music. And it was one of those that like really came in and hit me in a really beautiful and positive way. And yeah, left me with a lot of joy and hope for for all of us weird kids out there that just need need a home somewhere um, in some community um, or those of us who need comfort in some really fucking anthemic music. It's this is a great record. Um, Izzy was great to talk to and even though I can't go to their live shows because they are in the UK and I'm here. If you are in the UK, I think that it's going to be such an awesome experience. So you should totally go. And yeah, I think with all of that, as always, I'm just going to leave you in the hands of this conversation that I recently had with Izzy. We're going to talk mainly about uh, A Fistful of Peaches. We're going to talk a little bit about Lemonade as well. You know, I don't get to do a lot of these interviews where I'm talking about an album and then whatever single comes next, but they end up being really fun because it's always fascinating to kind of like see these two very different points in time and sort of see how they compare to each other, how they relate or how they're totally different. Um, I think the place I want to start, though... Just, I mean, having obviously listened through this record a lot, I feel like this record seems to kind of teeter back and forth between highs and lows and like maybe like either more self-acceptance versus struggling to accept one's condition. And what I notice in particular is that it often feels like they alternate. Like I'll see like one song that's very like anthemic and celebratory and then another one that's a little more dark. And I was kind of curious if that's by design. By design is an interesting way of putting it because I don't know if I have like so much intention in what I'm doing. I think it it kind of happens naturally. And like, I like the idea of like light and dark and paradox, but also um, maybe not like this song is up and this song is down or, or maybe I find like the dialogue between the tug of war between the two like quite interesting in general but I don't really feel like I'm in all of that much control over like how the sort of finished album kind of came 
together. Like, there's definitely moments of optimism in there, but like, also like all of the all of the highs I find are always contextualized with coming from maybe a darker perspective. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, I feel like it's worth mentioning. I um, am also, I guess, considered neurodivergent. I have OCD, so. Um, first of all, yay, neuro spicy party. Um, welcome home, baby. Yay. Um, and so, yeah, there's definitely a lot in this record that I could relate to because I mean, I think that going back and forth in these cycles of feeling really celebration, like celebratory of oneself versus not so much. Again, it's very cyclical for anyone, but I think especially for those of us that are neurodivergent, it's easy to kind of be in this constant push and pull yeah I think like when you're neurodivergent you have these moments where um you feel like you're kind of magic and I think that it's it's like that for the 10 minutes and then all of the bad stuff comes in and you become like problematic and have really bad difficulties coping and dark coping strategies and like it very quickly becomes like a lot of self-deprecation and like self-critique and introspection and I think like that journey with like trying to love yourself and be like a better person is often just like completely bastardized by uh, this pendulum of like I'm a genius to like I hate myself and for me like those two those peaks and troughs can happen in like the space of like five minutes like I could be like on top of the world one second and then really down the next and like sometimes I just like would crave so much to have like a constant state of stability like people talk about having just like a, a kind of plateau of feeling I, f- I fucking envy that to be honest with you because I just like I'd, I'd love to know what that would be like because I never just feel sort of stable or, or regulated I just constantly feel like um, I'm, I'm up or down all the time. Yeah, yeah, I definitely relate to that. I think there was a, a quote of yours that I'd seen either in an interview or in like a like a bio or something where you're talking about, I think it was like not being sure if what you were craving was what is like quote unquote normal or craving being able to feel normal within like neurodivergence and kind of be at peace with that. Um, yeah. And I thought that was a really interesting quote because again, I, another thing that I can definitely relate to. Yeah, because our normal isn't other people's. And, like, they can look vastly different. Like, your normal and my normal will look vastly different. And both of those will look vastly different from, like, the average person that school and systems of society are designed for. And, like, I just remember, like, going... We played Boardmasters this summer, which is, like, a festival in the yeah. UK. And, I lived um, in the UK for three years, so I'm very familiar oh, yeah, you know. <laughs> um, so I played Boardmasters this year, and we went and sat in the um, the sensory room. They had like a just in the festival grounds, and I literally I stepped in there and I just burst into tears. I just couldn't couldn't believe like how much I needed it just to be in that space, or like it was overwhelming the feeling of just like being soothed in a situation which is so jarring to be in all the time. And, like, that, for me, was shocking because even though I identify as, um, like, someone that's neurodivergent, I I wouldn't want to go and always use those spaces because I'd be 
worried that I'd be taking them away from people with like more extreme needs that I feel like they should have the right and priority to. So to be the person that says like, I'm going to go in that room because I, they will, that will be good for me. But then to be over, overcome with a, f- a feeling I wasn't expected was even more weird. And then to also go out on the main stage and play that in the same day was like, is this, this is just doesn't feel like it's normal or not even that it's normal. That it's like, I don't know any, any book. I haven't seen a story about like someone with my life, like that has these same needs as me and goes out on those big stages until now. And that feels like, I guess like an interesting time. Yeah. It's such a needed special thing. Um, one of the last interviews that I, I did for this podcast was with a band called Vacations and Campbell, their lead singer, was diagnosed with OCD as well in the last couple of years and ended up writing about it a lot on this last record. And I know for me, I mean, like, I think getting to talk to anybody else who's neurodivergent is always really special. But as I'm sure yeah. you know, when someone has that very specific understanding it's really interesting to kind of like pick each other's brains and stuff and yeah it was very Can I fascinating ask what type of OCD you have so if that's if it's absolute really t- no I'm very open about it um I I think I don't really personally use the term pure o but it, it's kind of what people often refer to that like yeah. where it's all more yeah. internal rather than like yeah. washing hands and stuff like that yeah yeah um so yeah like the it's psychological always- loops I know I've Abs- got a couple of friends with that one Absolutely. Yeah. It's it's an interesting thing. But I went on my own personal journey a lot with kind of accepting even like claiming the word neurodivergent for myself. And so like what you said about feeling like an imposter within that space, I really understand. Like I, I had this sort of epiphany late last year where I realized that like, for example, like when I was in school, I was I was definitely one of the weird kids, too, um, which we'll talk about a lot because that's on this record. I was kind of more like the studious weird kid that got like made fun of for having a panic attack when she didn't finish her homework. Um, but I remember I used to um, like when we do exams, I'd be in the group with like the other people who had like ADHD or were on like the autism spectrum and who had a little bit longer to do the exams. And I would one feel like I didn't, I shouldn't be there. Like I'm taking from someone else. And so I would try and finish all of my exams in the time that was allotted to the regular kids, quote unquote, as if to like compensate my way to normal. Um, and it's, and I've, it's only so many layers to that. There's a, a bajillion layers. I even like in the way that I work and the way that I approach my creativity, the way that I approach this podcast has changed a lot just from kind of leaning in and realizing some of those things and giving myself permission to claim this stuff. I think it's really important for people like us to, again, give ourselves permission to to have whatever we need and be like, yeah, I am different. I do process the world in a different way. Yeah, it's permission is such an interesting thing, isn't it? Because I think a permission slip in in our neurotypes one thing, but also there's a lot of permission that we need to be giving ourselves just like as people in society and as women, and like permission to have pleasure and have fun and and to make choices that are good for us and do things that we love. Like so many people will go to a dinner, for example, and we're talking about this the other day. Go for dinner. And you never pick the most expensive thing on the menu because you don't want to be like, oh, 
Like, I don't want to be that guy. You don't want to be like the guy that's too indulgent. But if that's what you actually wanted to eat and you could afford it, then why the fuck shouldn't you have that? Do you know what I mean? Like, I feel like this time of like, of just like um, allowing myself to, to do the things that I want to do. And like uh, this week for me, a big breakthrough was being like, I want to go surfing on my own. And that was a bit scary because I'm obviously in a foreign country that I've never been and women don't really walk around on their own here, let alone go surfing on their own. So like having done that, I feel, I feel like it was a very empowering and um, self, most um, self um, improve my self-esteem from doing it. And so like, I think all of these things and the time that we're at now are like giving yourself permission to like hold, take up space to, 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 sit next to a dude on a train who's man-spreading, you know, like even these things, the things the women are just so sort of programmed to like disappear and, and, and make themselves invisible and not complain. And I think like, I feel like my whole life just feels like it's becoming a sort of protest to that in a way. Yeah. I I think a perfect song to bring up with that is Charlie Bronson, just because there's just the concept of female rage, which also another you, you've just kind of like accidentally hit on a lot of things that I was exploring last year, like really owning my neurodivergence and also owning my my rage as a woman. I am a recovering people pleaser, um, which lots of us are. But I think women experience it. Women in like AFAB, so assigned female at birth people really, really get that shit. And this song it's like just, entering a villain era but it's just like actually yeah. just like putting your needs first <laughs> literally that it's literally that and so i i've really come to like love songs that allow like female rage to be something ugly and carnal or petty or whatever the fuck it needs to be in that moment instead of we have to be the delicate controlled ones it's like no fuck you like your rage is valid like anger is important and it's yes. like it stems from a very deep and primal place that is really, really fucking oppressed in the same way that, like, a man's tears is oppressed. Like, these are all things that if we continue just to, like, be like these serene swans and don't let boys cry, then we're just fucking upholding the patriarchy, which has got us into this old mess in the first place, you know? It's our job to try and unpick all of that, isn't it? It really is. It's, yeah, it's just a horrible, horrible cycle that we get stuck in. Something I also thought was really fascinating about Charlie Bronson is that even though it's a song that's very much about female rage, the sort of vehicle for explaining that is someone who, quite frankly, is kind of a poster child for toxic masculinity. You know, like Charlie Bronson, who for for any of my like American and Canadian and basically non-British listeners was one of the most notorious criminals in the UK. Um, most notorious prisoner. Prisoner, sorry. Sorry, because yeah. he was wild in, yeah. in prison. <laughs> I was reading a bit about him, and I, there, there was a lot of stories about feces, is all I'll say. For, yeah. yeah. Have you watched the Bronson film? I have not. The one with Tom uh, Hardy, right? Hardy. It's so good. Yeah, I, he like, I will covers do. himself in shit and like tries to kill his art teacher. It's it's insane. Yeah. Like, no, I don't want to give the dude himself like too much airtime because I think like ultimately like this isn't um this isn't about giving someone that's like criminally um really bad person like that space. It's more like 
the perfect metaphor for how it feels inside my head. Like, inside my head, I feel like I can be Britain's most notorious prisoner. Like, sometimes I feel like I'm fucking crazy. And, like, that's also a huge part of being a woman. It's like, do you know you you have those girlfriends where you're like, I love her and she's really chill, but, like, if you cross her on in the wrong way, she'll, like, turn feral. <laughs> like, that is, like... Charlie Bronson for me is like, I have this like inner feral, furious thing that like is untamed. And like, here it is in all its weird fucking glory. And there's like, I don't want to apologize for it. I'm not making excuses for it. I'm just like letting this thing live that's like, you can try and drug it out of your system. You can try and you know suppress it but like it kind of feels like it lives it lives irregardless of your choices it's like you have no control it's still there and it's just like I guess me like partnering with that part of me and making friends with it it's almost in a way like maybe I feel like I, I can chill the fuck out a little bit now I've had yeah. that I've learned that suppressing anger doesn't get rid of it. If anything, it's almost like kicking the cage that, like, a wild animal yeah. is in. It might cower to the back for a little bit, but it's still in there and it is pissed. Like, and so that anger just builds rather than going away. Or I think also anger allows us to process things. It's like recon like recognize when we are upset about something that's happened to us or recognize yeah. when we're upset about the way that someone has treated us instead yeah. of minimizing it. Yeah, because they say that anger is your secondary emotional response to fear or upset. So, like, it's never, like, you're never just angry about something. You're, you get upset about something, and then you're angry because of the that and the, and the, and the, do you know what I mean? So it's like a stacked thing. So you, you never, when you're processing anger, you're never just, like, dealing with anger. You're, like, processing with, like, a forever, le like, textured feeling that's just, like, uh a head fuck to to navigate and it's one that's everyone's like if you show signs of anger it's very like oh god don't do that like people are very like people aren't very good at holding other people's anger in space without that if you show anger then they show anger and then it suddenly becomes like this anger energy blast that can just escalate and so yeah i think like all all people and and women especially women i want i want them to to feel like they can just like turn a bit feral sometimes and just like give themselves that permission yeah and and know that that's like there's still there's still that that you're you're a whole complicated full world of self like you're not just this mono thing like you have so many different layers and facets to you and like this is all valid it's all part of something bigger absolutely i think sort of sticking both in some ways very in a similar world but also kind of flipping on its head there is another song on this record where you're kind of embodying a male figure and i think that it also is an important part of female rage however whereas this one like on charlie bronson you're really embodying again the internal rage that we feel this other one is kind of embodying the monster that we are all angry about and that song is i'm a man so it's it's like using that embodiment ta like technique, but for a very different purpose and kind of expressing rage in a different way. Yeah, I guess I'm a man is like, you know, when like um, when Kirk Bain does like Polly wants a cracker and he like personifies the murderer or whatever. 
um, in in I'm a man, I'm like sort of deliberately taking on the the thought um, the thought group of of someone how they justify their actions when they're like like assaulting someone basically and trying to understand from their point of view like maybe I'll be able to process like my feelings and my experiences more by being like what if I got inside your head like could I see it could how could I see it from your view um whereas I guess like Charlie Bronson is more just like I feel fucking crazy Uh, I feel like a prisoner or like I'm like this guy so I I feel like it's less gendered with Charlie Bronson it's just like I'm fucking crazy sometimes and that's fine like I'm big smile Harley Quinn as well. I mean, I'm all of these, these different things and that, but whereas I'm a man, I feel like it's like, like equal, equal. I mean, no such thing. It's survival. She was holding her drink to her chest, like a Bible. It's like my imagination saying like, what, like how would a guy justify his choices there? Like, it's kind of like, you know, in the, someone gets sexually assaulted and we're just like, oh, what were you wearing? You know, like, let's just talk about it. It was, it was her fault for wearing a short skirt, you know? It's like, you know, he doesn't, he says equal, it's, it's just survival, you know? And it was her fault. She was holding her drink to her chest like a Bible. Like, she was, she was, she was wasted. You know, it's like, how would you, how do you, how, would, how, how he spun it to himself to justify something like that? And I, I found that, that um, exploration to be like quite like rewarding, I think. To it was hard, but like quite honestly, like feel like I got got something off my chest there. Yeah, I think again, it's it's definitely a cathartic song, and it's funny that you're talking about that line holding her drink to her chest like a Bible, referencing someone who's drunk. It actually made me think of how like when we're at a bar, we'll often like hold our drink close to make sure that nobody puts something in it. Yeah. Um, so I kind of, I guess, like I kind of read it like that at first too. But it's interesting to yeah. hear, like the original, like meaning behind it, you know. And also, by the way, I've been catcalled with greasy hair in sweatpants, uh, walking home or walking back How to my dare you? dorm. I know. How dare I'm, you? <laughs> I'm such a such a slut. And it was like in the middle of the day, walking back to my dorm from Sainsbury's. Like, you know, it was. <laughs> So it's for everyone who seems to still need to be reminded, it's not about what we're wearing. Yeah, um, it's nothing to do with it. And it's also interesting that this character, you know, in this song, like face like a thumb, like, you know, kind of like very stereotypically like ugly, creepy dude. But the sad reality is that a lot of these terrible people or a lot of people who do these things don't necessarily look like that. So there's a catharsis. And I think that there's an internal ugliness in these people that looks like this face like a thumb. Yeah. But, yeah, I guess like in my head, I was kind of like drawing an outline of like a Donald Trump character, like it was like a f- with a f- just like a real man in a toupee and a tan, with a face like a thumb and a spine like a sponge. It's just like a fucking spineless moron, you know the ones that like propped up at the bar, Phil Mitchell kind of style, you know. Yep. You, we all know them. <laughs> we'll probably relate it to half of them. Like, I think. I just like I was sort of imagining, I guess what so many women's experiences are like having to manage like these kind of like sentient fucking hams <laughs> view of them, you know? <laughs> yeah. And they're, but- and they're and they're 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 smart people. Women are smart fucking people walking around with brains, and it's like they don't have them, you know? Yeah. 
sentient ham. I'm going to keep that one in my back pocket if anyone ever... I, I, once in my life, I want to... I, I'm a very nice person, but if I ever need to put someone in their place, I want to use that one, call them a sentient ham. Just once. Yeah, once you in can my have life. that for free. Thank it's you yours, so babes. much. <laughs> I'm honored. When the um, time right, when the time is right, it lands. Uh, oh, I'm going to save it for a special occasion. I'm not going to be throwing that one around like for nothing. It's like... Someone, someone really, really special is going to get that one. <laughs> um, I think going into some of the other stuff, I mean, I'm, I'm sort of circling back to some of the stuff we were talking about at the beginning. But for one, two of my favorite lines on this record are on Up Against It. Um, and those are, you don't need a savior. It's just bad behavior. And the odds weren't in your favor. It's just bad behavior. And it kind of reminds me a bit of what we were talking about before, that idea of, like, the push and pull. Like, and again, I could be totally wrong. Like, I always say on this podcast, I love to, like, interpret this stuff. And I also love to, like, hear what the original intent is and letting those things coexist. But, like, it kind of feels like, and I, I don't know what your take on this is, but... You know, like sometimes like when you're again a neurodivergent kid and you're acting out or your behaviors interpreted a certain way, it, it's kind of easy to be like, is this my fault or is this just, you know, part of how I am and I haven't been given the tools to cope because and and also like you don't need a savior, like no one needs to be being gentle with you. This is just your fault. Like, so yeah, I don't this, know if that's... this is exactly how it's intended. It's so yeah. sick to hear like it is that thing of like you're the problem and you've been made to feel like a problem because you're like neurodiverse and just like you don't fit in with the system in school so they make they made you with your OCD feel like you are wrong broken you know like and then it's there's some like I just I guess I just want to say to like little you who was having to go through that, like, hey, like, give yourself a fucking minute because, like, it's, it's this really hard. This is really hard shit for people who don't have the tools or skill set to understand what they're going through and manage it. You can't, you can't expect, like, you can't expect to, to cope like everyone else does because y- your brain isn't the same as everyone else's. And, like, also the system's fucked and like i feel i feel like i want to hold like like you when you were small and me when i was small and all these people who are small having a fucking shit one in school because they are kicking off or being dicks because they they're not coping oh my god it's like yeah. no one ever no one ever sits a kid down that's being a cunt and thinks hey like do you want some help like are you okay like what's wrong with you like do you want do you, should we figure this out should we have should we help you through this should we help me navigate no one ever does that they just go like your pain fix the problem can make you comply and if you're not complicit you're a fucking problem yeah yeah yep 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 um and it takes a lot of time for us to unlearn that, especially in our adult lives. I remember I was watching the video for Up Against It, which is, if I remember correctly, that's the one where it's a band made up of, like, kids. And, yeah, it's such a beautiful, like, yeah, love letter to one's younger self and wishing that we could tell them that. Because, yeah, there's a lot of trauma that comes with that and a lot of, 
I often say that like the work that I do now as an adult often feels like a game of hide and seek in my subconscious of just like trying to dig out the stuff that's still there, you know, yeah. from, yeah, just being constantly bullied and made to feel like I was a freak for being stressed about the things that I was Well, I'll tell you about. this now. I, like, yeah. I fucking, I know categorically that only the best adults are people that went through bullying as a child. Absolutely. Like, I totally agree. Only the best adults. Yeah. I think that, I think as much as it's a horrible thing, it teaches us empathy as well for other people who are different. You know, like, I don't know. I definitely know I seek out, like, the other, like, weird kids and the outcasts because we have just a capacity to embrace each other in a way yeah. that is so unconditional and so magical that... Yeah it's it's the it's the best like I wouldn't trade anything that I've personally lived through to not have the friends that I have who are so unconditional and so wonderful yeah and just like the friends that can just be like wherever you are on your path right now I'm fine with it yeah but if you're having a shit one I'm absolutely here like that's really hard for people like people get like jarred or you know like typical friends get jarred and stuff but people that are like more eccentric even or on spectrum or like aren't neurotypical can just be with you alongside you and just hold you in that space in a way that a lot of other people can't yeah I think this whole record in a way is a reminder to sit with that stuff because like I mean just by by default of having some of the heavier songs that it has it kind of allows us to sit with those heavier things or at least acknowledge their presence, you know? Yeah. Um, That's awesome. Yeah. I think also what you said really touched on what I think is sort of communicated in the song okay. And funny enough, similarly in Lemonade, which is the the single that came out like uh, this year, you know, like or more recently compared to the record, they're both songs that – like you said, give you permission to be like, stuff doesn't have to be like, you don't have to be shiny, happy, perfect. I just want you to have as much peace as you can with where you're at, you know? Yeah, I think as well, like, I feel like I'm at this point in my life where I'm so, I'm so exhausted of like, whatever the internet has been jamming into my brain and like, this sort of constant social media and this perfect life that everyone seems to live and like, I'm so fatigued by what I'm consuming um, that, like, I just needed to be like, fuck it. I think we all need that. I think we're at a time, we're at a time now where, like, the internet feels like it's going to crumble. It's something's going to crumble or change in some way, where culture, as we know it, has got to shift because it's fatiguing the fuck out of everyone. We're just it's not making us... Everyone's mentally ill. Like, we're all fucked. We're all mentally ill. And all the people in, like, Silicon Valley that have invented social media are just there, like, not letting their kids get social media because they literally know the effects that it has on people's brains. Yeah. Bang on. Um, and it's interesting that even though I think Lemonade is kind of giving yourself that permission and really has that kind of fuck it mentality just because of the way the song sounds as well, Okay is very much that, but it's directed towards a friend. So it's kind of reaching out that same level of compassion very directly to another person. Yeah. 
I think expecting everyone to be great is quite a high ask. So just being like, if you just want them to be okay, I think that's enough enough to ask of someone. If someone wanted me to be like, I, I want you to be good. You'd be like, F- I don't know. I don't know if I can do that. Like, I can't meet those levels, but being okay is fine. Like, yeah. Absolutely. I think last thing I'll say about these two songs is that when I was watching the video for Lemonade, which has, you know, the 12 characters that are all sort of experiencing, like, not being okay, even though, like, I love the more, like, you know, like, very 80s, like, you know, Thatcher-era punk-like looks, my favorites are the ones, like, there's that lady who looks like she's, like, right out of Stepford Wives, like, you know, white picket fence, and watching her crumble, because that's such a perfect image of, like, the person that we expect to always have a happy face and always be perfect and always be, like, you know, prim and proper. And, like, acknowledging that that person can have a mental breakdown, too, is, like, so good and so yeah. rich. Yeah. Like, she's as fucked as the London punk. Do you know what I mean? Like, we're all fucked. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think the last ones I want to talk about, and this is maybe a very, like, cheesy... uh stereotypical American uh, way of approaching the end of things, even though I'm Canadian, which is that I, I like to end on a high note. La, 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 la. Happy ending. <laughs> Yippity-doo. Um, which is kind of just basically means that I really want to talk about some of the anthems on this record that are really embracing because those are beautiful, you know? Like, I feel like Out of My Mind has an element of that. And just like you said about, like, sometimes feeling like neurodivergence is magic and just be like, let me just be this, like, vibrant fireball and fuck it. And then Weirdos is kind of the one for the gang, you know? It's, like, for all of us together to just, like, mosh to, you know? Yeah. Well, I would say, like, you nailed it. Like, for me, like, that's... It's 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 like to hear it reflected back like this because when you're writing at the time, you, this is sort of what's in my head as I'm doing it, but you you don't really notice so much that has this effect. But I guess like for weirdos, I just want I want so much for for people that feel like outsiders to to know that that's your magic. And everything that you think is probably a flaw of yours is probably also something magical in other ways and um if you're different if you're weird and if you're if you feel really uncomfortable with being weird and different and acutely aware of that 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 is a gift like that's a superpower and like once all the weirdos come together you feel a bit invincible to be honest I think like that's what that's what I want to I want to feel like it's like a cult of outsiders I feel like an outsider and I've always felt like that and I hope that I hope that other people I hope that other people can feel like some kind of kinship in that song too. Our mind's really interesting that you picked that one. I don't know. Um, I don't know if I have the same like level of optimism with that because I feel like it's uplifting, but like in an escapist way, and mm. like there is a sadness to it. So I'd, like, I'd agree with that. I'd I'd still agree with that. But in a way that it's sort of like. I was. I feel like I'm constantly trying to escape a busy head that's just so, so. Uh, it's so crowded in inside my mind, and there's so much going on. And like, my therapist always says, there's like a village of people that live within us. And like, I feel like that I've got a village of people in my head, but they're all arguing, <laughs> like, and they're all like completely different. Um, and out of my mind is some is, is like this sort of feeling of like of bliss when you can just like relieve yourself for five minutes of of that chaos and find 
find that calm. Yeah. I think there's still value in that, though. And there's, yeah. uh, even though, yes, there's a sadness, there is a joy to it, too. Like, mm. those moments are, are finite for people like us, but they're precious when they do arrive. Also, know? it feels like that moment of, like, you know, when you're at a festival and you're, like, you just, you, it's like a climax in a way, or, like, I, I just want people to, like, absolutely lose themselves in in something, you know? Yeah. In the music and just be, like... I feel like I just wanted to feel like this peak feeling of magic. Yeah. And I feel like, I mean, I know that you have your UK tour coming up and I think that those two songs in particular are going to be really special to people. Like I can just imagine just knowing what I know about the community of fans that you have and the type of people that have connected to your music. I think that's going to be a really religious experience for them to kind of all get to sing those words together and feel validated, surrounded by other people like them. Thank you. I mean, yeah, I'd love that to happen. <laughs> a Fistful of Peaches and Lemonade are out now wherever you normally get your music. And if you're in the UK at the moment, definitely go and check out the band's February 2024 tour. This podcast is hosted, edited, and produced by myself, Sophia Lopercaro, and the artwork is by Meg Wilford. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.